Welcome to the Life Toy Attic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I'm growing concerned about our increasingly masochistic behavior with regards to the films we've been picking because this is the second time in as many weeks that we are watching an insufferable sequel to an insufferable film and I regret everything. My memory, and in fairness I have not gone back and listened (laughs) to the episode, but my memory is that we didn't necessarily hate the first Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Uh, I do remember how disappointed I was that we were we both failed to be titillated because and there, there, were, there, there was, was a lot to be titillated. There was by. no dearth of on-screen human forms. It is baffling because that first Tomb Raider, you have you got Angelina Jolie doing a, a British accent, you got oh, Daniel yeah, Craig I, doing I an forgot, American accent. I forgot about the accent swap. I've forgotten about all of those fun. Things. It's like it's like an NBC primetime reality show called Accent Swap, where two people have to swap <laughs> accents for a week. Um, sorry, I should probably mention this is a podcast about movies about toys, and this week we are watching Lara Croft Tomb Raider, colon. Wait, I think there's two colons in this. It's Lara, Lara Croft, colon, colon Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider colon, colon, The Cradle, Cradle of, of Life, semicolon, starring Angelina Jolie, <laughs> exclamation mark, question mark. Those are just the quick consonants at yes. the end of her name. In Terabang. But yeah, I'm not... I'm I'm trying so hard to summon energy for this. <laughs> I think because we've both been so beaten down. I think because we both know that this is our last run of episodes. We know that after episode fifty is it. We are probably mm-hmm. never going to record the show regularly again. We mm-hmm. might come back and do one-offs occasionally, but I think we know that we want to give the audience what they want and what the audience wants based on market research and episode <laughs> download numbers is us suffering yes what does we that very firmly established <laughs> that and i don't know what it means that we've attracted this listenership that that's their taste i i feel like the people who do support the patreon which by the way you can still do at patreon.com slash the life that's still an option it's still a thing you can do <laughs> the people who support us on patreon are the it's the thin sliver the minority demo of people who like hearing us suffer but feel bad about it afterwards. <laughs> Everyone else is just, yes, yes, what's Battleship? Crime World Podcasters. I don't know why I've made these these hypothetical people like mid-European yeah. in my mind. Kind of almost Watto from Phantom Menace. Yeah, no chance cubes here. Fun fact, I keep a, a set of chance cubes on my desk at work. Do you actually? By which I mean I have, I had the remnants of a Star Wars Monopoly set that came with two dice, one red, one blue. And I roll them at the start of every task I do at work. And if it's <laughs> Am low, I going to succeed or fail at this task? It's how, how, basically it's a how lucky is, am I going to be on this one. And if it's low, I know it's probably not going to. Yeah. Which is a stupid... Te- like, there's there's a deleted scene in the British version of The Office. And we'll get back to the actual podcast very shortly. There's a deleted scene in the British version of The Office where Ricky Gervais's character takes half of the resumes and just throws them in the trash because he doesn't want to accidentally hire unlucky people. So that's essentially what you're doing. That's more or less what I'm doing. Um, but we are the unlucky people in this scenario because yes. we are forcing ourselves... To watch this film, which I I don't think I've ever seen it, and I have no idea what to expect. I have no memory of it. I had vague memories of the first Mm -hmm. one. I have no memory of the second one. I have zero memory. I have a hard time imagining that it will be an improvement. The the only memory I have is when I would ride the bus into school. The I remember the bus adverts for the poster for Mm -hmm. the movie, basically of. Angelina Jolie in that kind of all silver bodysuit, the kind of low angle looking up as oh. she's kind of looking away at something as if to say, there's a better movie in this direction. <laughs> Go you watch ch- that yeah. instead. And I remember the logo being that kind of goldy, orangey I don't even color. think I've seen the cover art. So she's in like a cat suit? I, I, I would describe it. It's definitely an all body kind of cat suit adjacent kind of situation. Oh no, I see. Yep, you're correct. I see it. There she is. She looks... Just as annoyed to be there as we are. To, she's just like... Ugh. No one wants this. Her face says, like, why do I have to do this, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
So you have no memory of this movie. I, I have. I have a memory. I knew that there was a sequel. I don't think I mm. have seen it at all. I think this sequel bombed quite spectacularly mm-hmm. because there wasn't a Tomb Raider movie for fifteen years after. There, this well, one. there was no one was asking for this. No one asked for either. No one of asked them. for either of them. Well, the, the thing you have to. I think by this point, by the time this film came out, the Tomb Raider games had kind of lost their shine. Mm-hmm. There was the. The PlayStation. People were bored of boobs. Pe- it wasn't so much the boobs they were bored of; it was the games, and the b- games were bad. They the got boobs bad. Could not save them. Yes, because they were cranking out these 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 Tomb Raider games. They were. They just... looked up and shouted, "Save us!" And the boobs looked down and whispered, "No." Yes, insofar as boobs can and probably do talk. Mine, mine um, whispered to me. Uh, what do they tell you? Is that why you started those fires in downtown? <laughs> Let's let's change the subject. <laughs> so they did three Tomb Raider games. Core Design, who made the the original Tomb Raiders, they did three Tomb Raiders. They didn't want to make the second or third ones, but they had to because they were under contract and people were buying them. So they had to make a fourth one, and they definitively killed off Lara Croft in I want to say the third one or the fourth one. So they had to do another one called. Tomb Raider Chronicles, which was a bunch of people reminiscing about Lara Croft at her funeral, <laughs> and it would flash back to these past adventures. That you would play? Yeah. As her? So it's like, just yeah. kidding. And then they rebooted it with a game called Tomb Raider, colon, Angel of Darkness, which is a game what? nobody remembers, <sighs> and is bad. They rushed it, and they farted it out uh, in an unfinished state, and everyone hated it, and it almost killed Tomb Raider. The end. I wish Tomb Raider had been killed, because yeah. then we wouldn't be watching this. So that's about when this film came out, was off the success of the first movie and the previous games, but during an era where the shine had come off the apple. So this is them trying to resuscitate the franchise, I suppose? This is them... I think during production of this movie, they hadn't. They did not know. The studio did not know. They didn't know how how, how bad, bad it was things were. Be. So, like, hey guys, we did another Tomb Raider crickets. Oh. So that's that's kind of where I think this movie. Maybe let's approach this from the perspective of this movie just wants to be loved. Like <laughs> it was released and no one wanted it, and it's carried that that rejection deep that inside. Pain. Yeah. And so we're just going to show this film a little love. This little film that no one loved. We're just going to show it a little love. And maybe we can find something redeemable in is it. That, is that the challenge we're setting that for ourselves today? Because I can't, I can't handle any more of this like pratfalling for our <laughs> listeners' amusement. I'm so, fe- I'm so tired of Dick Van Dyke of a bad movie. Listeners, you can't see us. We both like got our face <laughs> on our hands doing like a face melt gesture of like, we can't do this anymore. I'm rubbing my eyeballs to stop myself from crying. <laughs> Um, we can't do this anymore. We are at. We can't. We yeah, can't. we keep doing these like bad sitcom pratfalls over increasingly turgid es- escapades <laughs> into cinematic mediocrity. We are, we are hitting the wall in this marathon, and there's only so much more we can give of ourselves. It's just this. To you. It's just this one, and then two more. It's just this there's just two more two after more. this. We can do this. Yeah. And then the Ninja Turtles marathon oh stream, God. which we've so, set like, for we're ourselves. We're gonna end this oh, marathon. God. And then oh, do another marathon. But we can do this. We got, by the way, some very nice comments on Twitter recently from mm-hmm. people who are sad that the podcast is ending, but who are nevertheless enjoying yeah. the the fact that the but we announced it. Like mm-hmm. I, I think one person uh, pointed out that uh, so many podcasts just stop, mm. and I think. I think announcing that we were going to bring it to an end when we did was very brilliant of us, and we're great. Yeah, we're pretty cool. We're, yeah. <laughs> We're basically the best, and uh, we're so good at it. We need to stop doing this so we can give the other kids a chance. Yeah, but I I want to say how much I appreciate, and I'm sure Molly, you also probably appreciate yeah, just no, kind of the the I outpouring do. of love and support that we've had from people, um, as we've announced that this silly little enterprise is 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 coming to a screeching halt. Well, it's always sad when something ends, but yeah. I think we're both excited to move on to other stuff and yeah. have time for other things. So. I'm, yeah, we, we just finished recording the first season of The Game of Rassalon, which means I'm kind of now up to my eyes in planning uh, a live show, which we haven't formally announced yet, but is happening here in Los Angeles at the end of, uh, end of October. No, end of August. I wish it were the end of October. I'd have more time <laughs> to plan. And planning for the second season of that show and other, you know, stuff that cool stuff that I have in the pipeline. And by the way, you can always find out what I'm up to at benpadden.net. 
It's the end of the podcast already. We skipped. We did it. We did it. We no clipped through through the bulk of the podcast. Quick, tell people your social media platform, and then we don't have to watch the movie. Where can we find you online? Okay, we are going to actually watch this oh, movie. Damn. I'm so sorry. We do have to. We are under contract. Shit. I should. We should never have signed those contracts. I know. And then Especially mailed... not in blood. That was a mistake. Yeah. And then... I should have just asked for a pen, but I was like, it's okay. I got it. Yeah. You. The fact that you volunteered for blood was <laughs> That was a mistake, a mistake on my part. Also, these these were contracts that we prepped for ourselves, and then we mailed them off to PepsiCo, which seemed like a really weird choice at the yeah. time, but we figured if anyone was going to legally enforce them, it would be the company that makes uh, Mountain Dew. Yeah, never do poppers before you write yourself a legal contract. Just yeah, a note. There's some weird stuff in there. Um, But we're going to go away and watch this gem of a film. Yes, and uh, we will be right back after these <sighs> present commercial messages. <laughs> There are two types of people. Now. Those who run from trouble. And those who stand and fight. Which one are you? Don't miss Lara Croft in this summer's blockbuster hit. Tomb Raider, Angel of Darkness, rated T for Teen, in stores now. What did we just watch? I, 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 I wish I could forget. We have to find, and this is a recurring theme, particularly in these last episodes, but we have to find a way to talk about this movie yeah. for upwards of 45 to 60 minutes. Well, I'm just going to look up the Wikipedia synopsis because I did not retain There's any very of that. little. The biggest problem this film has is it expects you to already know every Who character going is. in. This film is really... It's like a patchwork quilt of unrelated yeah. action sequences that are kind of loosely stitched together. And so there's no real through line to follow. Very it's, much like the G.I. Yeah. Joe movie. It's like Alice in Raiderland. Mm. It's really the best way to describe this movie. It is... I described it as like... It's like watching the last three episodes of a 13-episode series. Well, you don't know. The, you can tell the stakes are high. <laughs> but you've never seen any of the like preceding... like. Nine episodes, ten episodes, I guess. There's just it, there's just nothing to really it's kind of gr- grasp onto. At least the f- the first two made a movie at the very least goes to some effort to set up the situation, the characters of the world. This movie is just like, well, you probably already know all this stuff. It's Tomb Raider. Just get on with yeah, it. Yeah, like, is this person shooting at this person? It doesn't matter why. You're yeah. not here for the politics. Yeah, there's, there's there's a bit at the beginning where Lara is, I guess, like, excavating for an orb, and there's these people who I presume are Chinese who are also excavating for the orb. Wait and a they attack second, her. wait a second. I just had a thought. So it opens with a wedding? What was that? Did that ever come up again? No, it didn't. You're right. I absolutely oh my forgot. God. There was this Greek wedding, and then there was an earthquake, and then we cut to Lara and Croft. Then nothing, nothing remotely you know, related is happening. Do you know what that was? I it, that to me felt like, and this probably is not what happened, but it's like the director's cousin had a wedding, and it's like we need a videographer. <laughs> or it, it's well, if you make it part of the next Tomb Raider movie, could we get our wedding? Funded as like part of the production costs because oh we have seventeen dollars for uh, this yeah, wedding. Yeah, what was what was that? It was just that I think it was just there to show like here sometimes are some people. Earthquakes happen. Sometimes, sometimes earthquakes. bad things happen to good people. Sometimes things happen and they interrupt perfectly unrelated wedding oh ceremonies. My God. But then the whole film was like that. No, it really it's the taste that sets the pace for your day because that was a representative sample of the emotional experience of watching this film of like something is happening and then now something unrelated yeah. is happening. I'm used to kind of the Bond formula of the like the the big action set piece at the beginning, at the beginning of a movie yeah. is unrelated. Well, that's kind of what I was expecting yeah. when. Oh, sorry. I'm reading the Wikipedia <laughs> article and it does explain why what the wedding has to do with anything. And it says, a strong earthquake uncovers the Luna Temple. So I guess the Luna Temple... It's where the bars came it was from. The, nothing caused the earthquake. Just a seismic, regular old seismic activity mm. incidentally uncovered the temple that they went in. Yeah. And that was the opening action sequence was them in the temple. Yeah, and the the rocks that fall down that f- coincidentally oh form the logo. There's so much 
happening in this movie that is nothing. Like to just say to mm-hmm. say, saying the sentence "there's so much happening in this movie" is inaccurate. There's a lot of things lot that of occur, things. but they don't appear to. They really do not feel like they have any relation to each other. They feel like they have relation to like six to eight hours of stuff that we are not privy to prior to this film. This film is like eating Crisco because (laughs) that it's it's empty calories, but it also doesn't taste good. You're getting no nutritional value, but it's a it's a lot of it, but there's no nutritional value and there's no pleasure associated with the consumption of it. You know what it's like? It's like getting a Muller Corner yogurt and then peeling the whole lid off, eating the vanilla yogurt, and then throwing the rest away without having mixed the fruit into the yogurt. That's what is it is. Is this a British analogy? They did. They had them over here very briefly for a while, but uh, there's a type of yogurt in the UK called a Muller Corner, and it's like this square thing, and two-thirds of the package is usually like some kind of vanilla yogurt, and then the corner is this fruit portion, and you're supposed to snap it in and, and mix it. You would rather be talking about food than this film. I, I, mean, what, I can see it in your eyes. I would rather be talking about food most of the time, it's but true. no more than I want to now to avoid having to discuss the events that took place in Lara Croft, colon, Tomb Raider, colon, The Cradle of Life. This... This film is just empty calories. It's a lot of... It's an assault. Mm. So many of these films are an assault. But it's just so much. And your brain does shut down about 45 seconds in. It's going to be another difficult one I have the to have a conversation in, I have about. the plot in front of me. Okay. So it opens with her and some of her boat boys. And they're going to... Handsome Greek man. Yeah. Excavate this underground... Under... Fuck. Under the water. Jesus. I'm so tired. Let's go with subterranean. <laughs> it's in the ocean. It's in the ocean, guys. It's a sea hole. It's a sea hole. She goes into the sea hole with her two boys to get the orb. It should be stressed none of the boys are Daniel Craig. No. He's Daniel not, in this, not in this movie. No, he had he had uh, better things to be doing with his time in 2003. He was signing on to be James Bond. Oh, yeah. Was he at actually that point. at that time? Yeah. 2003 would have been... The year after Die Another Day came out, so it was the last Pierce Brosnan mm. Bond movie, and that was probably about the time that they were retooling and looking at recasting. So I that's can't probably imagine when Daniel that Craig they were looking would've... around and they and they saw Daniel Craig in the first Lara Croft, and they were like, "That's our that's man. our guy, <laughs> that man with a bad American accent talking to the woman with a bad British accent." Clearly, he's the dude. This is it. When you know, you know. You know. But yeah, she goes and gets the orb, which is a map, which I literally did not realize <laughs> it was a map until we were a good two-thirds of the way into the film because I was like, why do they want this thing? Well, they telegraphed what it was a lot. But I'm they sure were not... they said it with their words, but I was also lapsing yeah. in and out of attentiveness. Well, no, I mean, I think you're right because I th- that my, my feeling is that we should know it's a map, but mm. they never explicitly say this is a map. What they say is, well, we need some way to decode it. Yeah. They keep talking about decoding the orb, yeah. unraveling the orb. We need a key for the orb. We need a legend for the orb. And 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 there's that part where she goes back to her manor and she tells Rimmer from Red Dwarf, "Oh, you guys are gonna you're gonna go through every single orb legend that every there's in orb. Greece ever. Look them up. There's three thousand of them. Fuck it. We're gonna sit and read every single orb legend." She's not very kind to her staff. No, she you you brought this up a lot while we were watching it. That she's probably not a fun person to work no. for. I've worked for this woman, not Angelina <laughs> Jolie, not literally Lara Croft because she's fictional. So I'd have burst your bubble, sweaty neck beards, but she's not real. I've worked for people like her who take out their stress and their aggression on their stuff with both staffs. Yes. Although um, Arnold Rimmer does whack Lara Croft on the butt with a stick, and then was he does that butt? weird. I think, it, yeah, there was it's like unclear. a it was a lower a lower back situation because it happened off camera, but it was definitely the the way that she arched herself forward was definitely was, was like just a lower. Doing that for the camera because they were like, "This is what we're paying." We need you more. For. There was a point when she was wearing that silver wetsuit, which, by the way, that was on all the posters and the DVD cover. She wears it for she maybe it for... six minutes yeah. in the movie, but she had. Uh, there was a point in the movie. On the subject of titillation, because we did discuss this in the previous <laughs> episode. A lot of boob content. There was one n- visible one, nipple. One of the nipples was on, and one of the nipples was off. Yeah, it's like she uh, didn't sink her nipples. Yeah, it's it's like that they had not like like to re- connected to the master the server. So yeah, your, your nipples will sink up. Anyway, a firefight ensues in the sea hole. <laughs> If a firefight ensues in your sea hole, you probably need some sort of uh, medicinal ovule insert 
for yeah. that, to treat that condition. So Lara Croft, she gets the bean. She gets the Dragon Ball. The, the Dragon Ball. It's it definitely a Dragon, like a Dragon Ball. Ball. It honestly looks like she went to her local game store and got a bunch of chess X dice and kind of melted them all together. <laughs> it does. And into like a kind of softball size thing. It's like a bowling ball you give to a very rich child. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's like a weird little bowling ball that like doesn't look magical. It looks like, oh, there's a piece of acrylic. Meanwhile, on a plane... Gruff, jowly Britishman. Oh, I forgot about the plane stuff, who's... and he makes them all take their vitamins. It's so bizarre. Yeah, he he kills one person with bad wine, and then he makes the rest of them take a pill because he's selling them all the antitoxin. Yes, but he's also like a like a germ warfare dealer. Like he does R and D. He he literally has a research and development lab in, in a, a shopping, shopping mall. mall, like in the Glendale Galleria across from Forever Twenty One. There's real. a fucking lab. This movie so wild it's there's so much stuff in it that's just silly i've never like there's the joke of the two people who you know the screenwriters who work together and they write on coke they're on cocaine when they write Mm -hmm. and everything's just kind of this kind of this stream of conscience nonsense yeah that's what this film feels like it feels like someone said okay just there are no bad ideas and someone went right that's it that's all you have to say we're (laughs) writing I think they wrote, they did definitely write this overnight in some sort yeah. of altered state. It's like, oh shit, is that you tomorrow? I Fuck! Know. Yes. It's like, what's, what's a weird action-esque thing that we can do? And then it's just, it is like a patchwork quilt. There's no yeah. sense of transition. There's no sense of a through line. There's a scene where they're jumping across rooftops in, I think, Hong Kong. And there's a scene where they... There's a scene where she rides a neon sign. Not in a sexy way, <sighs> I guess. She's Not in a, like, bombshell like, kind like of way. Like a carousel horse. <laughs> there's like a, an amusement park ride. There's the scene where they're escaping from the, the mall where the lab is, and they climb up what is now a very tall building, and then s- jump off the, the top and in, like, flying, flying squirrel, squirrel suits, suits, and then land on a barge. There's the, there's an anti-gravity fight in a cave that is, like, a even, hidden level in Serious Sam. I don't There's... understand. I know that Lara Croft, a lot of it is like, ooh, magical artifacts. Yeah. But we've strayed from everything is normal and then there's this one magical artifact to like everything is magical no rules apply and there's this one normal person with perky breasts like that's that's the film Mm -hmm. the film takes like it does a 180 on you halfway through but it doesn't tell you that's what it's Mm. doing and one of the things I was pointing out when we were watching it is there's a lot of set pieces but there's nothing that is as big or memorable as that ridiculous kind of aerial silk acrobatics the fight sequence. Ballet. Yeah, in 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 Croft Manor in the first movie. Yeah. Like it's stupid, but I remember but it. Makes it makes an impression. Yeah, it stays with you. Like I remembered that scene from when I first saw the movie a hundred thousand years ago. You know what this movie reminds me of? It's like you know, it's like they had sex dice, but instead of sex dice, it was like so like plot dice. Yes. <laughs> Of, like, what is she going to fight? What is this action set piece going to be? Like, how about weird, like, toothpaste monsters? Yeah. Well, you, know th- you know that thing that chases you at the in the first level of Another World? It's that. It's just this big, There's a bunch like, of them. quadrupedal horror with, like, a swirling vortex of teeth. And poorly animated. Yeah. And... Like 2003 CG. We're not even going in any order anymore. There's no point. It doesn't fucking matter. You said when we were watching, like, you could watch the first 20 minutes of this film. You could watch the last 20 minutes of this film. You could skip the entire, you know, Oreo cream. And you you wouldn't have missed anything. Yeah, there's no... No crucial information. There's nothing in there except for Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. Okay. Did I do that? You did do it just now. I did, good. Uh, He's in it. He gets recruited, and then at the end of the movie, he gets shot, he gets shot by dead. Lara Croft. Yeah. Because he wants to steal the MacGuffin and sell it. And she says no. And she says no, and he's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. You're not going to stop me. Oops, I'm dead now. It's unclear why, from a storytelling perspective, she was put in that position. Mm. It's unclear why any of this is happening. This is an unclear movie. On an emotional level. Like, what is her deal? I don't think... What motivates Does she her? have one? We don't know. I don't know. know. What is the... Her motivation is MI6 are making her do it. And then it becomes is important it? to her. Like, MI6 tell her. She's very kind of... 
defensive and on guard around MI6 and she doesn't like that she's being told what to do. And then the minute she's on the mission, she's she's gung-ho she's about it. She's very gung-ho. There's a scene where she's doing target practice on horseback, like very intense. You know, and what I will point out, a fantastic coat. A I love nice that coat. coat. Very like, nice, long... Like, uh, it's a nice riding coat. Yeah. But that's, I guess, what she's doing to relax. And I think her problem is that she's she's just a very high-drive person. Yeah. German Shepherd personality who always <laughs> needs a task. I mean, I can yeah. relate to that. The first movie, I have a vague memory of a scene where she's either in the bath or the shower. Yeah, I feel like she, that would have happened. Yeah. She, of course they would have done that. Yeah. She, there's a moment where she has some downtime to relax. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get that in this movie at all. She can afford all. all the spa treatments she wants. Like, yeah. if I had that kind of money and also that stressful of a career, I would be getting the hot rock massage like, yeah. all the time. But she doesn't. She's just constantly working. Though You even said that, you know, one of the things that she... Um, she says about the guys from MI6 is that they uh, they have soft hands. Like she says that as an insult, and it's like, you probably Lady, you... <laughs> you probably exfoliate. Yes. Like you got some lotions. Yeah, it's funny because in like in reading through the the Wikipedia synopsis, these I'm seeing plot points that I did not catch at all. <laughs> like I don't know if they just didn't mention it. I don't know if we were talking over it or if I just like kind of went in and out because I was almost falling asleep. We were talking a lot, mostly I think to keep you awake, awake? and lucid. <laughs> um, I didn't make any notes during this movie because I thought if I try if I try to make notes, I cannot document what is happening in this film. That will break my mind. Mm-hmm. That will crack my I head didn't asunder try to like an egg. Document the events. I just documented my feelings. And is it just a note full of screaming? Says, really, the only note I made was, this is one of many atrocities committed by the British Empire. Because <laughs> yeah. it was produced when by they, the BBC. Yeah, the, the BBC were credited at the top of this movie, and it's like, what did you guys... Come on, guys, you're better than this. This was this was the set... This film came out the year that Doctor Who went back into production. So it's like darkness and light. There must be balance in the force. Yeah, so. this, was, this was the thing that the BBC did to kind of... Make up for the good Balance that they the were scales, about yeah. in to bring into the world with the with the Doctor Who's. Jeez, what happens? So they, they nobody fucking knows. No one knows. She goes to prison and she's like, "Hey, Gerard." Hey, Gerard Butler, hey, who's Gerard doing press Butler. ups on the ceiling. I hate this so much. And we're the implication is that we're supposed to know who this guy is. I, well, it's, he's like he's an old flame. Yeah, and it's like, ooh, are they gonna do it? No, they don't do it. I think they make out a bit. They There's a bit out, in the middle where they make I out. Think Lara has never expressed sexual interest in any character in yeah. any of these films. Like, genuine sexual interest. That is true. There is that moment uh, in, I think, Hong Kong, where he he moves in and she swipes him and knocks him down to his knees and he says, you can hit me all you want, but I'm still going to kiss you. And that's and then, assault. That's, that is assault. And then she kisses him. And one gets the distinct impression, in hindsight, I did not think this watching it, all I thought was, that's not consent. In hindsight, I think Lara Croft is not a sexual creature. We have, culturally, we've sexualized Mm -hmm. her. She uses her sexuality. But I don't even think, I think it's, well, I have to kiss him now to shut him the fuck up. Like that. she she had an end game, because she used... Her her womanly wiles to kind of trap him so he couldn't follow her. Yeah. Because she handcuffed him. And not in the fun way. Like in the regular way. In a regular, you're under arrest and anything you say. In the regular handcuffing scenario. Yeah. So, yeah, we never see her having sex for herself. That's, yes, that's it's not... It's something that she does to manipulate other people or yeah. to, like, achieve an end. Which is frequently kind of... That's kind of a, a, a tropey element of, like, the, you know, the, the femme fatale, mm-hmm. the, the character type who she uses her sexuality as a weapon, which is something that I think men find inherently hot, but there's no... That's not for her. That's not something yeah. that... There's no agency there because she's not She's not using her sexuality because she thinks, well, I'm going to get my rocks off too. She, it's a, it's it's another quiver in her, her thing. The thing where quivers are kept. An arrow in her quiver? An arrow? It's, you know, it's, a, qu- it's a full quiver. <laughs> it's where a do quiver you keep... of quivers. It's a quiverception. Yes. I have a quiver it's, and in it there's a bunch of tiny it's quivers. quivers all the way down. Quivers all the way down. Yeah. It's another arrow in a quiver. We never really see her enjoying anything. She's she's not. It. She enjoys leaving the place where they left Pan, Pandora's box after having killed 
her old lover. Yeah, we know. Well, she, she smiles. She's smiling. She smiles, but it's, it, never, it never seems that she takes pleasure in anything that she's doing. Yeah. And that's not to say I that... I feel bad for her now. I feel like maybe this is going to turn into us deconstructing her character because the movie is named after her. She is the main character. She does not change at all. She's, she remains the same this entire film. Question. Does this film pass the Bechdel test? No. Not and, even a little and bit. And why doesn't it pass the Bechdel test? Because the boys be- wrote it. Because there are Boners? no other women in oh. it. There's no <laughs> women in it. I don't want to have to mansplain the Bechdel test to you. That's a bad look for me. Well, I just meant, like, why Why are there no women in this? Because boys wrote it. Boys wrote it. Themselves. Boys wrote it. Boys directed it. Well, L- even when you look at the IMDb page, it's like Angelina Jolie... Is the first one credited, yeah. and then it's literally just men all the way down. It's all men. All men. It's, all the time. It's a it's a it's a boys' adventure movie with the emphasis on boys. It's a it's a a shonen adventure. It's it's it is explicitly for the titillation of uh, of excitable young teenage boys. Mm-hmm. That's the demo they were likely going for with this movie and its predecessor. But it's also trying to and this is something the first one was trying to do as well it's trying to ape the the antics and the style of an Indiana Jones movie Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark invented a genre like the number of films that have chased the rainbow that is Indiana Jones with the National Treasure movies and the Lara Croft movies like they're trying so hard to capture what makes the Indiana Jones movies work and I think I would argue the only movie that has come even remotely close to recreating that sense of adventure that comes with an indie movie is maybe the first Brendan Fraser mummy movie and even then I would say that it, it fails to capture the 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 essential indiness but in trying in striving for that goal finds its own it becomes its own yeah, thing which yeah. is something that the the following mummy movies don't do didn't quite mummy yeah. returns is okay but let's not pretend that a cg scorpion dwayne johnson is something we needed I to see i haven't seen the second one so you did just spoil that for me you're going to forget about it until you're editing this episode <laughs> and then you'll go oh they're all on netflix now including Are the they? third one okay yeah. well that's in- that would be a way to spend an evening for sure so i'm trying to remember the plot they go to Kilimanjaro. Somewhere yes. near Kilimanjaro. They never... I don't know what country Kilimanjaro is in. Africa. All they... I mean, that's continent. your face. <laughs> well, they say, like, it's in Africa. Hey, and Google, where is Kilimanjaro? Tanzania. Tanzania. Okay, so they go to Tanzania. They never, they never say that they're going to Tanzania. They just say, we're going to Africa. It's near Kilimanjaro. Africa is near Kilimanjaro. <laughs> So they go and they talk. There's, they, they talk to the tribe. They talk to tribe, the tribe, and the tribe knows where the box is. Wait, does the map? The map takes the map takes them to the tribe because they decipher these audio clips. Like they, there's an MP3 embedded in the orb or oh some shit, God, or in the coin, right. and they play the MP3 back at the orb, and it plays a hologram <sighs> showing where it is, and, and they a decipher. A Chinese family just kind of sits there while a woman breaks into their house. A white English woman. I mean, they've and been. So they're like, they've been okay. through enough. Oh my goodness. And then it's they go just, to Kilimanjaro. It's just so silly. It's difficult. This it. Uh, I think this movie, and I've probably said this before, this movie, more than other movies we have discussed, I think including Gijon Retaliation, is there's so little connecting one scene to to the next that it is difficult to... There's not enough meat on the... Like, there's flavor on the bone. The bone has been seasoned, but there's no meat there. Mm -hmm. We're just sucking pepper off of a bone. And I've definitely described other movies as like there's no there's no there's no foothold there's yeah. no it's a smooth we can't climb Sheer up the surface. yeah there's it's just to flat. Latch on to. So they go and there's baboons, which I was scared. This movie pushed so many of my buttons. It's like it knew all the things that I hate. It was there was water peril. There were baboons. I, I can't stand water peril because drowning is like my nightmare. Yeah. 
and there were baboons, which I hate all primates, but <coughs> I especially hate baboons. They are so terrifying to me because they look like they will fuck you up. You did comment about 20 minutes into this movie, you realize you, realize you were sitting there thinking, why am I so anxious? Yes, I, and it was because the whole start of that movie was just water stuff. The whole opening stuff. scene is just water peril, like, oh, you're about to drown. And I, I had forgotten that that was scary to me. I was like, I'm extremely anxious watching this and I don't know why. And now you have your answer. Now I have my answer. I mean, I can't even watch a lot of like nature specials that are about the ocean because it gives me so much anxiety. Just the idea of yeah. that much water in one place. There was that. There was, there was Lara and Terry is his name, which Terry. makes it very difficult why to take him seriously. Terry? It makes him difficult. like a middle-aged soccer mom. Yeah. Or my sister. My sister's name is Terry. Yeah, your sister is Gerard Butler. Yeah, si- oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to talk about that on the podcast, but there's no other way to bring it up. Uh, my sister is Gerard Butler. She's had, she's clearly had a very uh, much more successful career than me, and I, I wish her the best, obviously. We don't talk anymore, but um, I, you know, there's, there's really no way to kind of separate my familial connection mm-hmm. With with the uh, the movie and obviously there's a lot of emotion. Yeah, this is a really emotionally charged episode. Yeah. For I mean, you, this so. movie uh, went into production about the time that that Gerard and I kind of had Lost our contact. yeah we kind of had a big falling out went our separate yeah. ways and I'm it was really sorry it, to hear it's that. Like, it's, you know it's it's fine it's fine it's fine I'm over it I'm over it I'm I'm past it. Do you it's, want me to cut this? No 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 it's fine no 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 it's fine it's fine it's fine I'm 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 perfectly fine with it. Um he's it's like you know it's not like anyone he's he's not going to hear it so it's uh, it's it's. Uh, it's fine. Can we can we can we move on? Those face monsters. Oh yeah, the kind of whirring like oh my God. Well, see, kitchen sink disposal faces. I was concerned because I was like, oh no, they're gonna get up by the baboons, but they didn't. And the baboons ran away. The baboons scared. ran away. It's and when like you scared the baboon. Yeah, that's when you know it's trouble because baboons are horrifying. It is like this film said: we want Molly to be scared of the baboons, but then if we have something scare the baboons to the extent where the baboons have to run away, Molly who is the target audience for this film, <laughs> the one person we make all Tomb Raider movies for, she will know shit's up. Mm-hmm. Well, see, for me, the the mouth creatures are really the heroes of the story because they drive the baboons <laughs> away. I'm on their side. Yeah. I'm very anti-baboon. Do we want to talk about the pool of acid in the cave at the end? There's a pool of acid. They... <laughs> Which they set like, and there's some there's a weird labyrinth style thing where they're walking on the ceiling. What is gravity? Yeah. I don't. I didn't understand anything. They of that. it was just a thing that they did to it look was cool. Just a, and they it rolled sucked. the sex dice, and they were like, "This is the scene we're yeah. writing." The bad guy is there, and he insists that Lara gets the box, which is in the middle of this pool of acid. Mm-hmm. And while he's dangling her over it, he says that according to the legend of Pandora's box, when she opened the box, she cried black tears of acid and I'm thinking that's not in any interpretation of the Legend of Pandora's box I've ever heard. It's also never really clearly stated what what's in the box we don't know what's in the box and I don't know a a disease a disease yeah it's a disease disease? that will wipe out millions of people except for the people why 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 would that exist Uh, it wouldn't okay as long as we're on the same page (laughs) about that there's no it wouldn't um, this is the worst MacGuffin. It wouldn't. It's there a dumb. There have been a lot of MacGuffin stinkers, but this is a really bad one. Forty-eight episodes into this podcast, out of fifty, and we have ta- we have seen, I would say, at least thirty-six MacGuffins. Quite a few. And thirty-five of them are better, better than, this. than this one. It's a magic glowing box full of poison. It's and Schrodinger's she's, and she's MacGuffin. Tempted to open it. Yeah. Why? Why? Why'd you do it, Lara? We don't know what's in her head ever. Hey, Angie, Angelina, my trusted friend and companion for many years. (laughs) Why? why What are you doing? Why? What's the point? What are we supposed to... Is is the implication there that even Lara was tempted by fucking genocide? Are you trying to tell us something, Angelina? (laughs) Is there a message that you're trying to send? She despises... This is why she played Maleficent. Oh, she hates everyone. She hates people. <gasps> she wants everyone to die. They're it's making the another Maleficent movie. Well, they've made that. another one. It's the only thing that makes sense is that Angelina Jolie hates humanity and deeply resents having been born into it. And <laughs> hates being human. So she plays robots and winged horned creatures. And and assassins, like and in assassins. Wanted. A film in well, which... I mean emotional uh, robots like Lara Croft, who yeah. doesn't have an off button. Yeah. 
I'm so sorry for what they did to you, Angelina. If you ever want to talk about it, this is a safe place. Feel free to hit us up. Shoot us an email. Show at thelifetoyetic.com. Yeah, please let us know. Also, you've got money. You could you could back the Patreon. Oh. Also, also, I guess a therapist. Sorry, I was self-involved there for a moment. I know that was that was a bad take. I'm sorry. But that's really basically the end. There's no. I mean, we didn't even go over the plot. We just. There's a whole lot of stuff that happens. But again, that's that's the Crisco in the middle of this Oreo, right? Of like, it's a whole lot of like flavorless but caloric nothing that doesn't contribute to your experience or your understanding. It is like. Imagine opening a packet of Oreos and it looks like there's just the cookie part and you're going to pick one up and the other cookie half is hovering like a cream's width <laughs> apart from the cookie and there's no cream. You can see there's it's no like cream. It's that, um, that extremely light substance, like the aerogel substance mm. where it's like the lightest substance on earth. That's that's what's in the middle. Or so it's one of those magnetic things where they it looks like it's hovering because of the way the magnets are interacting. Apart, but you're, yeah. e- you're eating the magnetic force. Yes. But it doesn't we don't need to talk about it when like it, it did not matter. Yeah. Nothing mattered. Basically she shoots she shoots this man. She shoots this man. And then she's laughing and then in the she's next fine. scene. I, she, she's, she's like, what a relief. That she, guy was an asshole. She's making fun of the guy who looks a bit like Gary Oldman and the guy who is definitely the actor who played Rimmer in Red Dwarf prepping to get married. Like, it's it's it's, 20, it's 2003. We're at the, I'm going to say with hope, the tail end of like the gay panic era mm-hmm. of film and television. And there's this idea that they're going to get married if they continue to have their hair braided and faces yeah. painted. And, and it's, wouldn't that be awful? Ha 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 And then they run away. And they hop in the back of a jeep and then they ride they off into the sunset. They run away from their feelings. And then the sun turns into an orb and the orb shows us the end credits. The credits. Yes. It's the worst. I can't. It's somehow worse than the, <laughs> the ending in the first movie, which was just a freeze frame. Oh. The song Elevation by U2. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about the elevation. So, on the scale. Oh my god. The Lego emoji no, scale. No, this is the uh, Clue, Clue Battleship scale. Oh, this is this Clue Battleship? Because mm-hmm, it's a game. It's a video game, though. Yeah. Different different rules apply. No. Because I would say the different rules apply because the the Tomb Raider games have a an actual narrative it's not whereas with battleship and clue they have to kind of retrofit a narrative into an into a property that However doesn't you have a narrative do it, fuck, it's episode 48 it's bad. i'm not going to argue with it's you bad. it's bad let's just call this the tomb raider scale it's, it's and bad. it scored a 0 out of tomb raider <laughs> oh it's rough it doesn't make me want to play the game it stressed me out the games aren't good it's i genuinely me out. they were i think they were impressive for their time because they were the first games that kind of really did a 3D platform adventure, like an action adventure game, but I don't think the Tomb Raider games are good. I'm, I, I know that's going to upset a few people because, and here's the thing, nostalgia's fine. If you go out playing the games, if you love them, that's great. No one is taking that away from you. I have never personally enjoyed a Tomb Raider game. I think the closest I've come, I liked the first of the, the reboot trilogy that they did a few years ago. It was good enough. That I didn't. I've never felt the need to play the later games. I've never felt the need to go back and revisit the the PS One or the Dreamcast games. These are just they're just not. Tomb Raider is fine. Yeah, and it, for what it was at the time, like it was an interesting yeah. concept when it first came out, and now it's yeah, it's it's not special. It's, yeah, we we did it. I don't have the nostalgia. I have no nostalgia attached mm-hmm. to Tomb Raider yeah. whatsoever, and this movie felt. It's not as egregious as, say, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is the second Mortal Kombat movie, and really kind of goes all in on the mythology of the games, but expects everyone going into the into the movie to know who who all these new characters are and what they're doing. And it goes, it leans too far into trying to be faithful to the games with no money, and consequently, it's a bad movie. This film just expects you to. It's like they're expecting the inertia of this is a Tomb Raider movie to carry it through to the yeah, end. Yeah, some amount of momentum. Yeah, the momentum. Sorry, yes, and that that does it doesn't work because this it's just not a good film. It's, it's a, not fun. Yeah, it's, it's stressful and it's unfun, and there's no there's no emotional stakes. Yeah, it's all about look at the look at the nips. Look at that one nipple. Look at the one the nip. solo nip. I don't think we saw another one. And we didn't we even did see that some, one. It just protruded. We saw both of them activated at the same time. 
But in if the, you turn them off and on again, <laughs> they'll, they'll resync. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's not good. Don't watch it. Don't, don't watch don't it. Do don't it. be like us. Learn we're, from our mistakes. We are very fortunate in that it only cost us one dollar and forty nine cents to rent this mm-hmm. movie. Um, because Google Play sent me a coupon code, and then you like guys, Google Play knew yeah, that the, this was in your future. the Patreon technically paid for the rental of this episode, so thank you very much. I guess are we done? I guess we must be. We done. have to be. What are we? What is our next episode? We don't know. We haven't picked. Should we just? Should we not announce our next? Because the next one is the last movie that we're That's doing. Bef- that is not a Barbie movie. movie. Let's give ourselves. We well, you know what we're going to keep this one a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery even to us. Even to us, it's a secret to everybody. You're going to love it. It's not going to. I want to say that this one is not going to be us suffering. Let's do one that's not us suffering. We know that the Barbie one that we have planned is going to be us suffering. So let's yes. do one that's not suffering. It's going to be a fun one. We'll pick a fun one and we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about that. But uh, you'll know what the next one's going to be when the episode title drops. And uh, we would invite you to watch the to the movie the same way that, that we do. And as a few listeners have done, where they'll listen to our opening spiel pause it, watch the film, and then come back and listen to the podcast Don't do after. that in this, in this particular instance. Oh, please, do do if that. you have done that, we I are so, so sorry. sorry. But next week is our, our penultimate episode. Next week, like two two weeks from now, is our penultimate episode. Uh, lots of weird feelings about that. Like, this has been a really fun experience, and we've got two episodes left to go, mm-hmm. so... But we're going to make him count. Yeah. I'm excited to do something fun. Yeah. I know that the last one is going to be choice yeah in the meantime if you like the show and you want to support us uh the two best ways to do that is to tell your friends tweet about us post about us on facebook twitter tumblr bebo myspace uh hire a skywriter to write the words the life in the very clouds themselves etch it upon the sky use a high focused laser beam to etch the words the life Onto the moon. Let people know. Little podcasts like us thrive by word of mouth. So by telling your your friends, your family, passing aliens who might see our celestial body and think, oh, that's pretty good. Let's have a. What the hell? I is, feel like what if, is if a, an alien civilization, if their first exposure to life on Earth was this content, this episode, we would be destroyed. Yeah. and what a mercy it would be. Yeah, absolutely, it would. Thank thank heavens we're ending this thing soon. But let people know about the podcast. If you want to support us financially, there is a page. Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash thelifetoyatic. There is bonus content. I know that's kind of slowed down a little bit, but we're going to try to do some more stuff before we close out the podcast. For as little as a dollar, you get access to all of the bonus episodes that we've produced so far. There are still more bonus episodes yet to come before we uh, we close down the barn and burn it to the ground. <laughs> um, for $5 a month, you get a quarterly postcard. The our- postcard is, I swear to God, it is coming out. You will get a postcard... In the next couple weeks. Our third and final postcard. Yes, it's the summer postcard. At the $10 level, you get a shout-out on the show. Uh, And considering there's only going to be two more after this, this is your last chance to have people on the internet say Say your your name name out loud! It doesn't even have to be your Christian name. We'll we'll call you anything. People like Mazurf the Squid Dude. He was in this film. He was in the the very opening scene. Uh, All of the underwater stuff. He did a lot of the underwater stuff. This is the thing, is people forget that Mazurf isn't just a squid actor. Uh, Mazurf is a squid camera operator and Mm -hmm. did a lot of the underwater camera work. A lot of the lighting. Because you can multitask when you've got, you know, a bunch of tentacles. Yeah, we don't want to pigeonhole Mazurf because Mazurf wears a lot of hats. Squidgenhole. Nope, I'm sorry. Nope. Yeah, Um, that word got said by both of us. With our our human mouths. Um... (laughs) At Hey It's Billy Rose, who may still very well be my all-time favorite Australian human person. Um, there aren't a lot of competitors on my end. It's, I mean, it's basically Billy and Chris Hemsworth. Those, that's my list. Those are the, those are only two Australians I can really name offhand. And then um, Zach Lay. Zach Lay. What did Zach Lay do on this film? Zach Lay actually he played the orb. He was the orb. He, he was, was the there. orb. Yeah. yeah, there was a bunch of dialogue as well. Um, if you actually, I, I was reading about this on the um, the the Wikipedia entry because for some reason this is on the Star Wars wiki. I guess it's technically part of the extended, extended universe. universe. I think because there's a someone left a copy of it at Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. They were like, oh yeah. And because it's in there, it's it's ca- anything it's that canon happens now. at Disneyland is now canon now in Star canon, Wars. Yeah. I'm not kidding, by the way. There's a Wikipedia entry for Coca Cola because you can get Coke oh at Galaxy's gosh. Edge. It's the stupidest thing. But uh, Zach Lay played the Orb. There was supposed to be the Orb was supposed to be kind of like this fun, like wacky sidekick, mm-hmm. kind of like Donkey and Shrek yeah, or. 
stuff got cut yeah. in the final edit, which is unfortunate. It is a shame. But the deleted scenes are all on the DVD. They're all on the Blu-ray, apparently. This film got a Blu-ray release. I guess someone wants to watch it in high def. We did, because we rented it. We did, because it was the same price. It was we the exact like, same why, price. Why not count the pores to distract us from our yeah. suffering? Huge thank you, by the way, to Google for sending me a coupon this weekend. So uh, we didn't have to so exchange we'd... currency. <laughs> Just or we, not time. as much currency. Just our time. Yeah. The one currency we'll never get We'll back. never get it back. I feel physically older. Yeah. But thank you to Zach Lay for your wonderful performance as a magical sphere. You can find us online. We are on Facebook and Twitter. We are The Life Toyetic. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ben Padden on both Twitter and Instagram. Molly, where can people find you? I'm at Molly Alice Hoy. But I don't hang out on social media that much. Yeah, you've kind of abandoned this, kinda, the social... Well, it's just I'm doing real things with my real yeah. life, so I don't have time to keep up with it. That was that was a sly dig at me, and I'm okay with it. No, um, you have... A lot of your stuff involves promoting things you're yeah. working on. Uh, you, and speaking of which, you can find uh, find out about my various endeavours uh, by going to benpadden.net. Um, if you're a fan of the Game of Rastalon, which is the Doctor Who role-playing game actual play podcast where I am the Game Master... And you live in the Los Angeles area, you might be interested to know we are doing a live show at the end of August, on August 23rd. There will be more details coming out soon. Keep an eye on my Twitter and also the Twitter and Instagram for the uh, for the podcast, which is Rassilon Pod. No doubt I'll be mentioning it everywhere, and I'm sure that Molly, being the kind of wonderful and loving human person that she is, will maybe retweet we'll it. Retweet all of it. Why not? The, when I'm on Twitter. Well, I'm excited for you that you have this big project that you get to work on. I'm very excited. I mean, it, there's not going to be a podcast hole in your heart. It scratches my creative itch and my tabletop gaming itch because mm-hmm. I, 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 I mean, we we've been playing D and D together now for three years. Yeah. Three years in a campaign that is largely kind of out of my own head, mm-hmm. and that is. Like this podcast, sadly, coming to an end very soon. Well, it's... it's I don't it's it's no, because we're doing new stuff instead. Uh, it's bittersweet, because yeah, I'm glad yeah. that... I'm glad that our time is occupied by these various wonderful projects that we're working on. But it's... it's but I'm still going to miss it. Yeah. yeah. I'm veering way off course, so this you're, is... You're, this we're is, getting very emotional yeah. here. Well, there's 32 episodes after the podcast. But they're going to be good ones. Yeah, they're going to be good ones. They're going to be club bangers. And we're excited to do them. We want to end this strong for you guys and for ourselves. Yeah. It's important to go out on a high note. Like like an F sharp. Is that high? I mean, any note is high. Like, you can just keep going higher and higher. There's there's not one highest note, Benjamin. What is the highest note? The highest note is one that only Alagash can hear. That's the dog. Alagash is the dog that's currently sitting in my lap. Yes. So, yeah, a huge thank you to Brian Melblum for our theme tune, The Toyetic Toe Tapper, which you can listen to anytime you listen to this podcast. We have, we've really never anytime. put it anywhere. We've never put it anywhere. Brian's never put it anywhere. I might ask Brian if we can put it up as a maybe a bonus download on the, the Patreon. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I've been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toyetic comes with Everything you see here. Benjamin's loving relationship with his sister, Gerard Butler, is sadly sold separately. Why would you bring that up? I'm sorry. I, I had just, just gotten over it. I thought maybe would promote the I healing, just... but I realize now I, that was just steel wool in the wound. You've re- reopened an old I'm wound. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. You know that Gerard wasn't there when our parents died? <laughs> oh my god. No, that's how it ends. <laughs> <laughs>